through the night. She just wanted to tip, no advice on the side of the road. What's the risk? Roll the dice. If they catch us, I don't care because we all gonna die. Welcome to Porch Rock. This is the true story of three strangers picked to work to camp together and have their lives monitored. How's people stopping for late and start getting real? I'm Eric. This is Miss Paige Lee. Easy, tell them. Papito. Daddy dick them down. The DMV's finest. Mansfield's finest. Fredericksburg's finest. Brock Road Elementary, class of 06, valedictorian. Start the week off right. Just kidding. Today sucked, dude. Mondays are a terrible day, especially after this long weekend we had. This was mm-hmm. a, this was the worst of Mondays, bro. It was rainy. It was cold. It was muddy. Jesus. What is the matter will... after a holiday? They're going back to work. is just fucking terrible. I woke up. Eventually took the dog out. There was flurries. I said, no, no, no. Not today. I can't do this right now. <laughs> fucking cold as bricks out. Just... Everything's just wrong with today. Fucking water coming from the ceiling because the guy had a fucking issue with his sink upstairs. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Who, me? Yeah. No, we have rain, but this is the little caveat. I was going to tell Eric, we, depending on how cold it is where he is, I don't know. I live on the mountains, so we get snow like every day, literally. We'll get flurries at some point, either early morning or late night. And the higher you go into the mountains, the more flurries you get. It doesn't stick, mm-hmm. though. You don't got to really worry until it starts sticking. We had snow here today. Did you? Like I uh-huh. That's the Midwest for you. All right. Mm-hmm. Calm down. I like Mideast, but it is what it is. How far are you from... Uh, no, what am I saying? I know a girl who lives about two hours outside of St. Louis, and she was giving me their weather reports. Like, when I get up to go to work, and like I'm like, damn, it's cold as shit. And St. Louis so far, like, Missouri ain't as cold as Mansfield. So I'm expecting your winter to really kick it in because I assume that the Midwest was just snow, snow, snow by now. But I think I'm learning Missouri isn't as Midwest, Midwest as I think. I think I'm thinking more like Ohio, Michigan. And I don't know if Missouri's Ohio and Michigan. No, nah, it's like Southwest of that. But it's, it's not that far off. Yeah, Missouri is like literally in the middle of the country. So it is Midwest, but it's not as north as like. Ohio, Wisconsin, all that stuff. Yeah, when I think of Midwest, I think Ohio, Wisconsin, because them niggas have snow already for like weeks. Yeah, like real mm-hmm. snow. We, I, the high for today was thirty-four. I feel like that's the coldest it's been since I've been here. But then it's gonna hit like forties to fifties this week. That's weird because our high was like forty-one, but we're gonna hit the like twenties and thirty-one. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Um, so, yeah, any any quick follow-ups of your weekends, of your Thanksgiving time, just anything that you did, et cetera, et cetera? Um, you know, just beat COVID. No big deal. Um, No, that was me. Thank you. Don't take oh. my spotlight. No, I whooped that motherfucker's ass. <laughs> hey, yo, actually, before we start any real topics, my driver was telling me today that um, – and he's an intelligent man. I just have to double check on this. Well, triple check. He was telling me that his wife was telling him. So now it's a third story. Right. That uh, there are certain blood types that aren't immune to COVID, but are less, more or less likely to get COVID. And I know? didn't know this, but I also haven't looked into it. So that's something I'm going to look into by Friday for next week. Hmm. I just don't think that's a thing. I don't know if it is or isn't. I'm gonna look into it. Cause like, what? What exactly 
does your blood type have to do with that? I, I truly don't know. Um, I don't know if your blood type affects how many antibodies you produce or don't produce, but don't antibodies have a big deal with COVID and your chance of getting it or not getting it or beating it and not beating it? So maybe certain blood types, if there's a correlation, maybe certain blood types have more antibodies or don't. I, I don't know yet because I haven't looked into it. Maybe certain blood types have stronger white blood cells. I looked it up. All right. Um, all right. According to a study from the journal called Blood Advances, backed up by dot, research. People is that dot org? Huh? Is that a dot org? No, it is not. God dang it. Okay. Um, this article is coming from menshealth.com. Yes, sir. Um, people with type A blood type are at much higher risk of contracting COVID, while people with type O seem to be more protected. He did list type O. He might have been on to something. Well, there are only two um, types, O and A. Or a. Is there a third? Hmm? It's like O negative. Or yeah, something. I thought there were three blood types. No, but as far as letters, it's like A, oh. A, B, or O. Um, I have O positive, and I got it, though. So. Is it O negative, the one that's least likely to contract? At least that's what he was saying. Mm, let's see. Yes. Damn, he might have really been on. Um, hmm. I'm not going to lie. As terrible as this sounds, I was told my blood type years ago. Haven't ever needed it, so I don't recall what it is. I never know what my blood type is. I regularly donate blood. That's the only reason I know. Um, Mine, O positive, is the one that, like, they want the most of because any blood type can take it. Um, but you can only, like, somebody with um, O positive can only take in O positive blood. But O negative is, like, only specific to O negative people. It's like you can, the positive one, anybody can have. The negative one, only O negative can have for some reason. Like, they don't. So, like, O positive is, like, a slutty yeah. uh, blood type. And O negative is, like, very conservative. Yeah. O negative is, like, what they make the movies about and it's rare to get. I'm claiming to have it as of right now. <laughs> That's what I've got. That's hopeless romantic I'm blood. Unofficially there, claiming it. Yikes. I have the slutty blood. Yes. Uh, you hate you hate to see it. And that slutty blood got me COVID, apparently. So yeah, well, it gets around too much. If you were negative, you would have beat that mug. Oh, I beat it. I made it my RIP. Oh, my bad. <laughs> All right, Pete, you died. It's fine. All right, let's see. Let's see. So Anna's parents came up here, um, and her mom brought all the food, so we didn't have to do anything. It was fantastic. Shout out to her. Always welcome to do that whenever. Um, and I don't know how this got brought up, but it was like me, Anna, and her dad, and we were talking about generational wealth at one point. And I mean, he, their family is like they do, they do well. You know, he he has a good position, a good company. And I think they were talking about wills and oh, uh, how money gets broken down, blah blah blah. And he was like, "That's cool and all. I don't really believe in generational wealth. I think you should get like, if you have money, a small portion of it should be donated to like your kids, whatever it is. Um, you can donate." as much as you want the charity and whatever you don't use just goes to the government. He's like, I just don't believe it. I feel like it makes people lazy and complacent. 
And I just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on if you think generational wealth should even be a thing. Um, boo. First <laughs> and foremost, boo. Um, I do believe generational wealth should be a thing. And I hate to be that guy who's being black as a black man and just making everything a black issue. But I am black. Here's why I think it should be generational wealth needs to be a thing. Because generational wealth has always been a thing. It's always been a thing for white people who are passed down money for centuries. So now that we make it, oh, I want to make as much fucking money as I can to make sure my kids are set, my grandkids are set, my great-great-grandkids are set. And I don't think that should be bad. I, I think it's like almost honorable for me to want to make a greedy amount of money to then hand them a greedy amount of money to keep the generational <laughs> To keep the generations wealthy, I will say, um, I do know that in some people, generational wealth, air quotes, can make some individuals lazy, but that's almost on the parent because your child is only going to be as lazy or lack as much of a work ethic as you allow them to. Because I know people with a shit ton of money who you'll never know they got a shit ton of money because their parents still made them work hard. So work ethic isn't necessarily the fault of generational wealth on the child work ethic is really the fault of generational wealth on the parent. Cause just cause you rich don't mean that you don't show your, and if you see some work ethic, they'll never be lazy. That's just how I think. And then the charitable donations. I'm not mad if you want to like donate money to charity in your will, like go crazy. That's a good thing to do. Sending it back to the government. I will never allow. They already <laughs> fuck us and take enough money. So the fact that I could get a greedy amount of money, which I hope to one day do, and then I could die and the government would take it? Nah, that make me not want to work. I'm not going to make no money because I don't want to die and give it to the government. <laughs> <laughs> fuck them. No, I agree with that, though. Like, as you all know, my grandparents or, like, my grandpa um, is, like, ridiculously wealthy. And um, I didn't know this for like the longest time. And then I was told that at some point I will um, have a right to my mom's third of their um, wealth because of her passing or whatever. Um, and my grandpa's like, yeah, that's like great and everything, but you're not going to get it until I die. And you're on your own until I'm dead. I'm 26 and he's still kicking. And I have like three jobs. So um, I completely agree with like, I don't think it should be like the wealth should be easily attainable. Like I think that, you know, you should still like Ezra said, instill work ethic like into the people. Cause even though they have money, they shouldn't just be like bums and sit around and blow through it. You should still be like working to better yourself. Do you think it's easy if you're wealthy to like really um, kind of put into your kids a good worth ethic because it's hard to like let's say you came up poor and then you're trying to give your kids everything that you didn't have but at the same time keep them humble like that that has to be a tough balance to, to find within parenting I know a I think I can put it out there I got two godparents one of my godparents used to coach me in football and all that shit none of my whole life Love him to death. Clearly the godfather. Um, he used to play for the Redskins, Mike Nelms. He grew up poor, poor in Texas. I'm talking like dirt in the bedroom floors in Texas. Played for the Washington Redskins, won two Super Bowls with him, has a huge house, a lot of money, owns a few dealerships in the city, 
when he moved up to Virginia because he stayed in there. Him and my dad became cool before I was born. All that shit. And his son has work ethics. The, his daughters, his two daughters who grew up with him, have work ethic. Even though he grew up poor, he instilled work ethic. And I think... I don't think being spoiled takes away from you not having work ethic because my man Kirk is spoiled as fuck. He knows it. We know. We all know it. But that doesn't like his spoiledness doesn't affect like when he on the job, he's still going to go put in work because I think like I think people who like attain wealth tend to spoil their kids. But I think two things can be true. I think you can spoil your kids and then still instill in them. You know, you got to work to one day be able to do this for your kids. And I think that's what he did well. And I think that model works. Paige, do you think if you would have had access to your mom's portion of your grandparents funded earlier, do you think that would have affected who you are today and like the hustle that you have? Um, because they didn't tell me right off. Um, no, cause my parents are like, I, my parents are the ones that raised me, not my grandparents. And they didn't really know about it either. If they had known about it, I still think my parents would have um, made me like work as hard in school and all that for everything. So I, I don't think that would let up. My one caveat to generational wealth, if you attain generational wealth, and let's say your grandparents or your parents want a huge business, blah, 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 all that bullshit, I do not think you need to go to college. And I know there's, that's like nepotism and like bullshit. I think it's better suited for you at 18 to just go work for your parents, learn the business, and then be somebody else's fucking boss in a few years. And it's nepotism, but who cares? I own the company. If I want to put my son on, I'm going to put my fucking son on. I don't know if, like, going to get a bullshit degree just so you can have a bullshit degree and then come work for me makes any sense when for four years you can learn this business inside and out and then be like my younger on the job and come up and be a supervisor manager fast. I'm not mad at that because like you said, you're getting valuable experience and let's be real. You probably have a better insight. Even if you've shown any interest or your parents kind of forced you to even at a younger age. So like there, there could be so much more that you could be learning instead of, I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't be in debt if your parents have a well-off business, but I mean that, degrees for show if you're just going to be put in there anyway so why not just learn while you can absolutely i know unless you want to i think unless it's like a business where you need one because one of my boys dad used to own a small engineering firm a situation like that yeah go get a degree because you can't be an engineer engineer here without a degree but like if it's just like a generic business or something like that and we're going to put you in upper level management and you're going to like oversee your ceo shit eventually i don't need you to have a degree i need you to be on the job getting this direct training hands-on training for me so if you have a kid right 18 mm -hmm. and you wanted them to come into the business but they said they wanted to go to college do you let them go to college or do you force them to join join you i let them go to college i think it's different if the kid comes to me and expresses that he knows I got a company. He knows I want to leave it within the family and he wants to work for me. Then I'm going to be like, hey, yo, then fuck college. Come work for me. But if he's like, mm, dad, do shit like business consulting and I want to be a fucking lawyer, then I can't help you. Go to college. 
what if he says he he wants to get a business degree, but he really just wants to go to college to experience the four years of like partying and shit? If he wants to work for me and I got a business consulting degree, but he also wants to get a business degree and go to college and experience college, I think, and I'm well off in this scenario, I think mm -hmm. I pay for it. I let him go to college. I let him get that experience. But at least for the first few years, he will come in the same way I'd hire anyone else. He come in on an entry-level job doing exactly what the entry-level people do. Because you don't get to have the best of both worlds. If you want to come work for me and make money moving to management, you do that out of high school and I'm going to groom you. But if you want to go experience college and live it up, party and all that shit, I'm going to treat you just like I hire your college friends. They're going to start at an entry-level job, and then two or three years later, maybe I can move you into management. Damn. I'm not mad at that, though. I was going to say you could do, like, internships, but just, like, having me, like, a complete grunt to the company. Oh, he's going to be doing some internships there for the summers, too. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go nature versus nurture okay in adults in adults so give me some more context it's a, the conversation or who told you told you about this it was me diana and kev talking a good amount of the podcast topics i'll be thinking of come from this uh we we're just talking and we we're talking about like whether characteristic traits you possess as a or show as an adult or nature or nurture and i think we were talking about I think she was saying that she thinks like most of like behavioral things and whatnot are like nature. And I was making the push that it's more nurture. And my whole take on that is to me, nature is like nurture is what happens in my opinion up until you're like 12, 15. And oh, this was the argument I was making. Nature is what happens. Nurture is what happens between like 12, 15 where you're like directly under your parents, your parents are telling you what to do. They're showing you the ropes, this and that. They're guiding your life. I think once you reach adulthood, you untap a little bit more of nature. And I'm not talking like my mom made mac and cheese on a stove and I like my mac and cheese baked and I figured that out as an adult. I'm talking like, let's say you were raised to be like kind of timid and standoffish. Cause that's just how you were. Your mom was like, don't be loud. Don't be loud. Girls aren't supposed to be loud. Boys aren't supposed to be loud. Any of that shit. And the older you get and the more you get removed from that, that was all nurture. I think if you get older and come into your own personality, that's more nature. You're naturally opening up. You're naturally expressing more of yourself. So that's just like the base level of it where we were talking like what's nurture, what's nature. And at what point in life it is. Cause she was saying that she thinks childhood is more nature and nurture is when you become an adult. And I think almost the opposite, that it's more nurture as a child into like adolescence. And when you become adult, it becomes more nature. All right. So my thing is, so nature is more like genetics and like those kind of factors, whereas nurture is more of like your environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like a super basic breakdown. Of it. Yeah. Um. I don't even know how much nature really plays into a fact, if I'm being honest about it. See, I think that very, very simplistic thought of, like, nature is just instinct, nurture is your environment. But once you, like, put that into, like, society and, like, you take it out of the vacuum, instinctually, I think as an adult, you open up more than you would as a kid. Because as a kid, you're nurtured all the time. When you're an adult, you're kind of on your own. So I feel like you start doing things on your own that you weren't, like, nurtured or taught to do. It's just, like, your natural instinct, this one I'm going to do. 
As a kid, mm. if someone hits you, you was gonna look at your mind like, what am I supposed to do? As an adult, someone hits you, you're gonna fucking hit them back. And that's the nature in you. Because now you act how you wanna act. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're almost saying like the nurture that you're getting is just kind of holding back the real you. And then once you're free, that nature aspect, because you don't know what you would do or what you like were told not to do is coming out. Yes. At least early adulthood, I think like not like when I say adulthood, it makes it sounds crazy. I think early adulthood, like 17 to 20, when you're first getting away from home, I think you start to undo a lot of things that you were nurtured to do. And I think that's because it's more nature. You're like naturally doing what you want to do. All right. But if we're talking about that early stage, if you're going to college, is that is that environment that you're in and being around all these different new people nurturing you into a different person? Because, you know, you, you hang out with people and you start picking up mannerisms and words and that kind of stuff. So I feel like the nurture aspect is pretty big once you're like in college, for example. You could nurture new things within college, but I think the nature is more overwhelming. Like you just said, you could like pick up on like language or like slang and shit like that, like hanging out with new people, which is absolutely true. But I think the nature in you is also going to come out more as an adult than it did at any other point in your life. In that little, in that like two, three year span of being on your own. Yeah, what did Kev say? I think Kev was. I think we were both against Diana. I think Kev was almost more nature versus nature. I think Kev was nurture was younger, nature was when you're older. But I can't remember. But I know for a fact Diana was like nature is when you're very young, and nurture is when you're like older. And I was like, that's not that can't be it because we're nurtured from such a young age. There's almost nothing. I can think of like very few things that like you could point at a kid who's like three or four and be like, yep, that's nature. Mm, I mean, but so you're you're not that developed at a young age. So a lot of the things you're doing is just like you can't be taught it because you have such a short memory almost. So you're just kind of going with the flow, whatever your body or like whatever's going off in your mind. The only like nature things that I can think of that like kids do is like shit and piss themselves and eventually learn to walk. And even learning to walk is almost more nurture. Crawling might be more nature than them learning to walk. Them learning to walk is probably nurture. Someone showed yeah, them and held their hand and like pressured them into walking. But there's just like, there's just, mm, oh, fuck now, damn. This just bring, I hated Slike so much. I fucking hated it in college. Ugh. It's just giving me flashbacks of fucking sitting in a lecture hall trying to listen to this shit. Because now I'm going through like a... In my mind. Like, alright, we were at the pet store with our dog and some child just ran up to it and started petting it. And I, for a second I was like, that's just nature. Like, you see something fuzzy and then you pet it. But then I thought, hmm, but could that be that you see it on a TV show or a movie and then a kid takes that in yeah that might be nurse why they did they that? probably got a fucking yeah. they probably got a fucking mom who do that on her way from starbucks she's your cute dog and she stopped to pet it but it's just so hard for me to wrap my, my mind around nature because like when i'm thinking about that i'm thinking of like such in a genetic aspect of like things that you would do like flight or flight kind of stuff hmm. see but if you're in a situation you've never been in before you're not going to go off of what 
uh, nature is, or are you got wait, is it Nate? Now I'm confused. No, you're not going to go off of nurture because you've never experienced it. So you're going to go off of the nature of whatever it's telling you, unless you're giving it a peer pressure. Like That's true. And more than likely, that's why I think it's nature as an adult, nurture as a child. You're going to be in more situations that you've never been in as an adult that you just act on. When someone mm-hmm. passed you that blunt for the first time, uh, that's a bad example. <laughs> but I was going to say, when you said fight or flight, that also makes me think, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. I think fight or flight, I've been saying this forever. I think fight or flight is a nurtured thing. Mm. I think in most aspects, as a child, at some point, you were taught a couple of things, a couple of baseline things, nurtured into those couple of baseline things, and that will forever draw a point where you'll be on that line in fight or flight. Because most people don't flip-flop in different situations. If you're fight or flight in this situation, if you're fighting this situation, you're probably fighting most fight or flight situations. If you're flight, you're probably flight in most situations. So I think as a child, most people go through something, something or a couple of things, and from that point on, from that like three or four-year-old child, they've been nurtured to fight or to flight. That's simple. I don't know though, because you you got to think about th- three and four is such a young age, but there's a lot of people who like just completely flip their personalities around like teenage years. Yeah, but I don't think they flip like they flip like their outside personality and like the little bullshit what they wear or what they listen to. But I think like the base things they learn are still the same. I know I feel like I know people. I feel like everybody knows people who at a young age the parent was like turn the other cheek, or if they hit you, go tell somebody. And now as an adult, when they get punched in the fucking face at the bar, they looking for someone to tell. Me as a young kid, mm-hmm. with all my brothers and my mom, that yeah, if a nigga hits you, hit him back. What the fuck you telling me for? Somebody punched me at the bar, I'm punching them. And I think that's because I was nurtured to do that. I was always told, like, if they hit you, hit them back. But the people who were told, like, go tell somebody or look for someone to tell, that's what they're going to do in fight or flight situations. They're going to fly. So in most fight or flight situations from that point on, because of what they were told as a kid, they're now going to fly. So it's you're saying it's almost like a once you establish that core and baseline, it's hard to flip flop from that. Yeah, I think most people's core and base is established somewhere between childhood. I say between zero and ten, and from that, when it comes to fight or flight, I think whatever you were going to do at ten years old, you're going to do now as an adult. If you was fighting at 10, you're going to fight now. If you was going to flight at 10, you was going to flight now. I think you might have swung me. I, I'm just out here to get the facts. Because, <laughs> like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? It's probably the primarily the, the baseline is probably there, and you'll, you'll have more outliers on it, but the outliers are not the majority of them. Yep. So you can definitely you can definitely find examples where someone used to be flight and next thing you know something happened and now they're fucking taking boxing classes and they're ready to flight anytime, but that's not the majority of people. Couldn't agree more. The issue of crimes, if if the penalty for that is just a fine, then it's more of a fine for poor people and not so much for the crime itself. Correct me if I'm wrong with that. That was the general idea. Yeah. I got it from somewhere. I can't remember. I think it might have been Tory for real. He had posted somebody's quote. It was like an old head saying, and it was like, it was damn near that. 
if the penalty for a crime is a fine, then the crime is on the if a penalty is for for a crime is a fine, then the penalty is only for the poor. Or the punishment is only for the poor. Yeah, I mean, because there, there's two ways to think about it. You could be like, it's a minor crime, so you pay a fine and it's not a big deal. But then at the same time, the and I've seen it because I worked, I like interned in an audience court, and it's like, if you don't pay the fines for like late fees and double, they start to double and all that. And then eventually they just putting out warrants for your arrest. And then that's when you get so many people like in jail and then you can't pay bail because you couldn't even pay the fine to begin with. And then whatever the ticket that you got, there's more penalties on top of that and all that. And then people are just in jail for like such a long time because they couldn't afford to pay like one fine. They didn't realize how like substantial it was going to be when it doubled and, and now they've been in jail for like three years. Absolutely. Because once you think about it, like the, if you even think about like the type of crimes that would or would not just be fine punishments, it don't even matter what the what the uh, crime they did was. It could be something small, it could be something big. But if the crime, if the punishment for that crime is just a fine, it'll never affect the rich people because they got money to get out of it. If any punishment for any crime is just a fine, it'll never affect the rich people because we got money, so that's fine. It, the thing I thought of when I thought of this was like when you hear the stories about like kids who like vandalize shit in high school or like middle school, they had like a problem child or whatever, and that kid gets sent to juvie. The kid who do that and parents got money don't go to juvie because his parents can fix the shit he fucked up. And that alone gets you right out of trouble. So that shows you there that we punish the poor heavier than we punish the rich because the rich have money to get out of the punishments that the poor wouldn't. All right, but if what is the alternative to fines for crime? That's what I'm thinking. See, because I think after that, I said, like, what are punishments that work and don't work? I don't think fines necessarily work. And here's why I don't think fines work. Like, when people, not just fines, but, like, money works for punishment. Because when we're like, oh, you got to pay child support or you're going to jail or you got to pay fucking, you got to pay to get your license unsuspended or you're going to jail. That's all money. The rich people can do that and not worry about going to jail because they've got the money. The poor, we're just going to send them to jail because they don't have the money, but we're also not solving anything. Because if the punishment is just money and you don't have the money to get it, then nobody is making money in this situation because you weren't going to get this money in the first place. So, like, we click. As a society, we should be able to come up with something smarter than fucking cash punishments. Because cash punishments are clearly going to hurt the niggas without cash and behoove those with it. All right, but again, the issue is we don't have any alternative. Because, like, let's say you're forced to do um, community service, right? But let's say you have to do it and, you know, you're working. If you don't have the money to pay a fine, you're doing community service. You probably need to work as much as possible. So you can't take time off from your job to do community service at the same time because you're losing money that you need to pay for rent and stuff. So it's like, how do we hold people accountable at the same time without just sending them to jail possibly for unpaid parking tickets or speeding tickets? Community service, I think could work whether it's volunteering or like manual labor i try to stay away from the manual labor 
because once you get into manual labor, it gets very adjacent to slavery. And I feel like if yeah. we made all of it manual labor, a lot of poor people would be in damn near slavery. So we can't let it be manual labor. But if it's like volunteering at food banks or like volunteering here or there, I think that is one thing that could maybe work if ran the right way. And here's why. Most people work a 40-hour work. I'm going to say you're a hard worker because you're poor. So maybe you work in 65 hours because you got two jobs. You still got so much time in that week. Yeah, I'm sorry you got to wake up at 4 o'clock and put in three hours at the food bank on Monday and Wednesday mornings. But it's that or jail. You give me a that or jail option, and I'm going to be there at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to hate it, but I'm going to be there. So what do you – All right, but you also have to think, what if you have kids too? Then you got to worry about trying to take care of kids and trying to get someone to watch the kids while you do community service. Yeah. Like, that doesn't seem You do have either. to worry about that. It's going to probably be a struggle for you to get that together. But the alternative is jail. So I can find somebody <laughs> to watch my kids a little for these couple of hours I'm volunteering because my alternative is jail. So what do you think about either uh, – in either or? You can either – pay you know 50 bucks for this ticket or you can do five hours of community service like an option i like the option but at the same time i don't because i feel like that option it's going to almost force the poor because then we're in the same situation the people who are going to be forced to do the community service are going to be the poor because the rich will be able to pay out of it every time so you you we need uniform. We need something uniform that affects the rich just as much as it'll affect the poor when it comes to punishment for crime. I mean, you have to. It would have to be something that's time based, strictly because that's the only thing that if you lose time, it's the same for you. Now it might be different within your life, but that time is is yeah. You can't just buy your time. It, it would have to be time based. And again, these are like things that we're trying to make as the alternative for jail. So could it be jail? Yeah. It would have to be tide based. <laughs> then it gets tricky because it's been hard to deem like what type of punishments would work in 2020, like in the 21st century. Because honestly, depending on what your crime is, I can't give you something as easy as volunteering at the food bank to pay for your debts. Uh, then again, I probably but, could because the egregious crimes are going to jail for anyway. So the crimes that are finable, yeah. I probably could have you like volunteering places. Yeah, because if it's if it's minor, what, what does you know your you and the community more benefit? You paying a fifty dollar fine, or you volunteering at a food bank or like a boys and girls club or something? Like Absolutely that. beneficial in the volunteering because that fifty dollars nobody ever knows where it's going and who's going to see it. You volunteering at the food bank, at the Boys and Girls Club, at the Y, they're going to directly get affected by that. And that's probably going to be a good deterrent because don't nobody, everybody like their free time, especially as adults. <laughs> don't nobody want to spend their time volunteering. So if you give me the option as for speeding, you're going to pay a $100 fine or you're going to spend 10 hours at the Y over the next month, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to stop speeding because I'm fine paying a couple hundred dollars when I get a speeding ticket. I do not want to spend 10 hours at the Y next month. So you're, you think you're better than the poor then because you, you can just get out of it by paying for and it. And that exact situation 
in this scheme of things, <laughs> if somebody doesn't have $150, $200 to their name and I am now the wealthy in this situation, yes, I have benefited because I'll just pay that fine and not lose my license. Whereas them, maybe they can't pay that fine. So now their license getting suspended. They got to work to get their license back. They going to jail because they never paid. Like, that's dumb. That's bullshit. Just give them some community service at that rate. But for me, that so, would be a big enough deterrent mm-hmm. for me to stop speeding or committing that crime because I would rather pay the hundred as the privileged in this situation to get out of ten hours at the Y. So how do you deter people from just not showing up to their community service? How would you deter? Because like it could be the same thing as as fines, where oh you know oh I couldn't make it I'm sick or uh like. Do you just double the time, and if they don't show up again, like then it becomes like a criminal thing where you have a warrant out for you, or what? I think the the issue is the cash and getting the cash out, so everybody's affected the same. Now that everybody is affected the same because there's no cash, everybody's time is everybody's time. If they dis, if they don't show up for their shit, that's punishable by jail. You know, if you miss your community hours, your punishment is jail. And if you would like to take jail over serving 10 hours at the Y, be my guest. Because at that so rate, you're, you're stupid. I can't help you. So you're, you're running a tight ship. There, you, you miss it one time or you don't get it within like, let's say you have two weeks to get 10 hours in. If you don't get it within two weeks, you're going to jail. Yeah, because how I see it, I'd probably be a month. But even if it's two weeks, if I give you 10, week, 10 hours in two weeks, there's clearly ample amount of time for you to volunteer 10 hours. The place I'm giving you the option to volunteer has to have at least like 40, 50 hours available. You can pick the hours. So there's no way you can come to me as a judge and then tell me, oh, I was sick this day or I had something to do this day. You had something to do for all 14 days that you couldn't get 10 hours in in two weeks. Yeah, you got to spend that time in jail, playboy. I'm not saying give them egregious community service hours, but I think we'd have to be sticklers for it. Like, if I give you 10 hours over 14 weeks, it'd be almost crazy for me to believe you couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't know if that would work, but it's it's the only alternative I can think of at this time. That is also the only alternative I can think of, and I think it would work for, like, small bullshit crimes. Like, the little crimes that you get slapped with fines for. Because there's only, like, so much things that you get fine options for anyway. It's usually like traffic violations, fucking DMV shit, personal property tax, shit like that. Well, if anybody has any better ideas, uh, feel free to let us know. Please do. And we will, because I literally could not think of anything else. Yeah, I can't think of any like other logical ones. What we got next? <laughs> uh, let's have this air fryer kind of talk, because... I mean, air fryers, I feel like, have really taken up popularity this last 2020, um, or this last year. Don't know why I said 2020. Even at one point, I was thinking about getting one. I still kind of do think about getting one. Um, however, I just don't like, I just don't know how often I would even use it or how practical it really is. So, I don't know. See, I was also, this is how this whole thing started. I also kind of want an air fryer. I don't know how much I would use it. I probably would use it a lot now. I don't know how much in the future I would use it. And then I was thinking about getting somebody an air fryer as a gift, but I don't know how much they would use it. And then I was thinking, I was like, air fryer is probably the perfect wedding gift right now because everybody wants an air fryer. Everybody thinks they can use an air fryer. And then it hit me. The air fryer is the 2020 version of the 2016, 17, 15 
crock pot. Because everybody used to want a crock pot. Because you can make everything in a crock pot. But you know what everybody with a crock pot does now? They use their crock pot once or twice a year, and then it takes up so much fucking space. That's literally what a <laughs> crock pot is. Because I have one, and I have siblings who all have crock pots, and all of them say the same shit. Like I make like one or two meals in it. Outside of that, it sit there taking up space and a numerous amount of space the rest of the year. And that's exactly what an air fryer would do. Because at first, I'd burn it up. When I first got my crock pot, I used it like seven times in that month. Since then, I've used it twice. So I feel like I'd use the air fryer. Like, I go crazy. I'd make sweet potato fries. I'd make wings. I'd be frying bologna in the bitch for like the first month. <laughs> and then I'd probably never use it again. See, what is the difference between like an air fryer and like, let's say, a toaster oven? For See, it? here we go. I have a whole list of things that are just like their versions of air fryers now that were hot and then are bullshit. And they all happen to be kitchen appliances. And a toaster oven is on that list. Everybody you know with a toaster oven got a toaster oven. They used it heavy when they first got it. And they probably use it once or twice, if that, a year now. It's another one of those things that's just big as fuck. You thought it was hot because everybody had one, and now you have no real need for it outside of the fact that, you know what, one day I'm going to get wings from Buffalo Wild Wings, and I want to heat them up crispy, so I'm going to keep it just in case. And then when you get those wings, you're going to just put them in the microwave anyway. I feel like the one even more, like, farther back in the day was the George Foreman grill. That was a thing where, like, every parent and household had it. They're like, they so you can cook anything on it. I mean, you can't cook anything on it, but it's definitely a thing that just doesn't get you. Absolutely. You want to hear my list of these? Because I had a list. We were running through this. Yeah. <sighs> Crock pots, toaster ovens, deep fryers. I don't know if y'all remember deep fryers, but back in like the tw- 2008, 2006, deep fryers were flooding the market because now you can make like deep uh, – it might have been more of a southern thing. You can make like fried catfish, hush puppies, all that shit you get at restaurants you can make at home. Everyone I knew a family had a deep fryer. You know what those fucking deep fryers do now? They sit in my mom's fucking attic because don't nobody <laughs> need a deep fryer in their fucking house. <laughs> so the deep fryer, this is going to hurt some people. Unless you're actively making smoothies, Every house I know, unless they're actively making smoothies, everybody got a fucking blender. Nobody uses a fucking <laughs> blender. <laughs> you don't need, you don't need your blender. This is also gonna hurt somebody because unless you're a stay-at-home mom who makes five-star breakfasts four times a week, you can throw your fucking waffle maker out too. Cause that bitch is not getting <laughs> used. <laughs> I swear, yo, it's all these kitchen appliances that get hot for like a year, and people are like, you know what, I want that. They get it, they use it for the first month, and then for a year, nobody uses it. The waffle maker. I don't know if you know the people who have like the fucking skillets. Like it's like a flat skillet or whatever. Mm. Nobody uses that. That was yeah. cool for like one meal. Fucking those little hot burners. Where you can get like an additional electric stove top to like heat it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody yeah. who got that don't fucking use it. You know why? Because they have a fucking stove. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's literally all these bullshit things that you're going to use for your kitchen. And I'm sorry. Because for a while, I went through a phase where my siblings all got married back to back. 
and then a couple of friends did, and I gave like seven hot crock pockets. I'm sorry, because I know y'all not using them. So from this point on, I am no longer giving a gift that is a kitchen appliance, because I know after the first month, you will never use it. All right, I got a couple more for you. What about a fondue maker? Like a little fondue? Yeah, um, I know that was a thing, but nobody's using it. <laughs> I think I've Anna's parents have it, and they use it like once, twice. Exactly, and it's probably big. All of these kitchen appliances are big and take up space. Like, ugh. What about now? Do you consider this a staple of kitchen appliance or another one? A to just a straight up toaster. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I can't even lie. The toaster's getting close to getting cut off the fucking list. <laughs> I got a toaster. It takes up space, and that bitch might get used once a month. At this rate, I'm gonna just throw it in the oven on broil because nobody's really no adult without kids is using their toaster unless you eat a dangerous amount of bagels. See, when I was in college, we had a toaster. I never had one before. So, bro, I was making, like, toasted peanut butter and jellies on a regular. And then I was like, damn, I'm going to need to buy one once I, like, move move out, blah, blah, blah. I never bought one. I never missed it. And I'm sure if I had one, I might use it. But at the same time, I don't think it's a staple by any Yeah, see, your toaster could probably go because unless you're, like, that person who's eating bagels every fucking day, like – if you don't got kids, you probably never using your toaster. Your toaster really only getting used for waffles and like pop tarts. And I don't know that many adults eating waffles and pop tarts. So like throw the fucking toaster out. I think the only staple kitchen appliance in today's day and age would be like a coffee maker or like the cake cure cup. That's the one appliance I don't think will go out because people love their coffee. We actually talked about this. I said the Keurig is the only kitchen appliance that might never go out because niggas fucking love their coffee. So that you can gift somebody. Now, those fancy coffee makers that make like espresso that you have to like yeah, grind nope. it up. They're Those gonna, are waste. Because they're no gonna use it. it twice, three times in the first month, and then they're gonna go back to their cure because it's easy. No one's gonna fucking put the milk in there, like oh, fucking foam up. My, like, no I forgot gonna... the rice maker. Yeah, throw that the fuck out. Everybody who got told to get that rice maker back in like 2011, I'm sorry y'all were scammed because rice cooked just as easy in a pan. Actually, if you do it right, you can cook your rice in a fucking microwave. So why do I need a rice maker? It's big for no fucking reason. Uh, see, the microwave rice is weird. I remember my cousin, he was like, oh, I got this rice maker. I was like, cool. And he showed me, he was like, something you put in the microwave. I said, no. I will say, if you do eat a lot of rice... It's super easy to just put it in there and walk away and have it do it itself. I can believe that. I don't eat enough rice to eat it, and I don't know anybody who do. Um, yeah. I, it's, like, con it's so convenient, though, but at the same time, like, if you really want rice conveniently, of, just buy, like, the microwave packs that you can make real quick. Literally. Um, outside of the coffee maker... The only other real appliance that I deemed like was necessary is a microwave. But you're also never gonna gift somebody a microwave. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like that's pretty standard, or at least like if you're moving like into a rented place, it's pretty standard. And even if you're buying a house, usually it's I don't know. I feel like a lot of places they build it into the kitchen, so you just kinda have it. Like no one's gonna take the fucking microwave out. That's true. I just want the world to know that we have debunked the myth. 
of you needing an air fryer because you fucking don't. I'm I'm almost forbidding people to get an air fryer. You know what? Take this heed. Take heed. You are now all forbidden to get an air fryer. You'll thank me later because like your friends who have one, you're going to use it heavy the first month. And then you're never going to use that bitch again. Another reason all of these items make this list, and we haven't mentioned it yet, that we were talking about, all of these items are hard as fuck to clean, bro. <laughs> all of them. You ever try cleaning a toaster oven? That shit is hard. Cleaning the fucking air fryer, I know it's going to be hard. Cleaning the deep fryer shit for at home was hard. I got a case of Dia Maker that I never really used, because cleaning that bitch is hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the people who have like a popcorn maker it's like bro when do you use that and i i've cleaned those at like catering events and it's not fucking easy to clean at all hey yo kev said he had a, he got a popcorn maker because he used to eat a lot of popcorn he said he used it like twice hasn't used it since those are the like those little like kitchen appliances slash food items they catch your eye and you think you're gonna use it you never will my mom got my niece way back in the day a cotton candy maker <laughs> oh we'll make cotton candy for fun never used it she tried once didn't turn out right hasn't used it since bro it's like when they used to sell the like the slushy makers or like i yep. remember back in the day there was like the trend like make your own soda and i was like bro that sounds terrible it, it truly do oh now I'm just trying to think of other like things that they try to sell you on that you're like, this is gonna sound great that you just never use it again. I'm trying to think, dead ass. If it's a kitchen appliance, it's probably on this list. You can think of any kitchen or food appliance, and you can probably put it on this list. The only requirement is if for it to be hard to store, so moderately bigger than your biggest piece of tubbleware. And sold that it's gonna make making something easier. If it does either, if it meets either of those qualifications, it's on his list. Now I'm just disappointed because I really, you know, you just think like, damn, if I get an air fryer, like I could really use it. But then I'm just really thinking like, I'm probably not gonna use it that often if I if ever. Bro, I know I'm not, and I know I'm not because of my crock pot. Because the moment I thought about this, I was like, what's the last thing I bought? I was like, the crock pot. I do not use my crock pot as much as I thought I was going to. Not as much as I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to be crock potting every week. No, nigga, I'm not really going to fucking do that. That's not realistic. I feel like I almost bought a toaster oven once. And then I knew. I, I never, at the time, I don't know why I didn't get it. It was probably too expensive at the time. I just didn't want to spend the bread. And now looking back at it, I'm happy. Because I know for a fact I would never have used that fucking toaster oven. I've got an actual fucking oven. Like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we getting an air fryer when we've been frying things fine for years? Well, my thing is I almost feel like the air fryer is just like a differently packaged toaster oven slash just a smaller oven. Like, what is the difference in the technology at all? It literally is. It's literally both of those things, but for some reason, it gets trendy, and we see other people doing it, and we convince ourselves, I'd use that fucking air fryer, and then we get it and hate ourselves. And it's like, even if, like, let's say you wanted to make wings in it, you would have to get a fucking huge air fryer to make a good amount, and at that point, just put them in the oven. So what, are we, what do we need air fryers for? We don't. We don't. We, we truly do not. I'm officially off the air fryer list. I do not want an air fryer. I'm just putting it here first. I will not buy an air fryer. I'm not going to use it. Good, because we don't need it. I got a, a friend, and I was telling her about the topics that we got on it. 
And I told her we were going to talk about kitchen appliances and bullshit. And I told her air fryer was one of them. And she was like, I've had it for two years. Do not get it. I don't use it. And cleaning and storing it is a bitch. Storing it, I knew was going to suck. Cleaning it, I knew was going to suck. Because storing and cleaning all of these things fucking suck. You ever clean a crock pot? Before these crock pot liners, cleaning the crock pot was the worst part. And with all of these bitches... You got to, like, all these kitchen appliances, they all got the cord, so you got to try not to get the cord in the fucking water. Oh. This shit sucks. Yeah, no. No no part of it. I'm, I'm even trying to think about it. Like, we have a crock pot. I think we've used it once so far, and I'm really trying to think about what I would put in there to make at this point. Yeah. It's, it's almost, like, good for if you make something to keep it warm. Like, let's say you're having... It's, like, for fucking having people over, and you're like, Bro, I got meatballs in the crock pot if you want some. Like some shit like that. That would be ideally what it is. But how many times am I going to have people over and how many times am I going to make them meatballs? Once a year? Uh, so like, you, need a, you need a small crock pot for like that kind of stuff. You don't need a huge crock pot. If you're going to buy a crock pot, get a small one. Because that's what you'll use. Get a tiny one. Use it for like fucking chips and queso and you'll be happy. Uh, as I'm gonna hit you with this story since I've been waiting a while, I just want to tell it at this point. All right. So I woke up this morning. I'm sitting on the couch, starting my work day, looking through Twitter, and I see that twerking is trending at like 7:30 in the morning. I'm like, why could this be trending okay. whatsoever? So I click on it, and there's this video. Uh, it's the owner of True Kitchen and Cocktails in Dallas, and he's talking to the whole. Uh, you know, the whole restaurant, and he's going off. He's like, listen, I did this for us. He's a black man. It's a bunch of black people in the kitchen or in the uh, restaurant. I did this for us. I made this restaurant for us to come to to have something. I don't need you guys twerking up and down. I try to ask you guys to stop. You keep doing it. If you want to do it, take it to this club over there. Take it to this club over there, but not here. This is for us, and if you don't like it, you can get out. And, man, let me tell you, People on Twitter were set ablaze. They said, listen, you got a DJ in there playing twerk music. You can't expect us not to twerk. I don't know why he's yelling at the whole restaurant not having a private conversation. They're like, we're never going to go there. I don't understand why he's so upset, blah, blah. And I had to really sit there and think, all right, let me try to understand this. But at the same time, I feel like it's pretty cut and dry. Just because there's twerk music going on doesn't mean when you're in a restaurant that you should be twerking up and down it. Not like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, at what restaurant are you twerking at, and why? There's a time and a place. If this is a restaurant, this ain't a club or a bar. If this is a restaurant, yeah, y'all can't be twerking on my establishment. But I also probably got to start with firing the DJ because you're not playing twerk music (laughs) in my restaurant. (laughs) Like, what's but also, who the fuck go to dinner eating a nice dinner? I'm assuming it's a decent place. Who the fuck at dinner eating a decent meal? Twerk music, come on. Let me stop twerk time. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, I don't, I literally couldn't understand the outrage. I was like, people, like, I think they were trying to make it more of a race thing. Even though I was like, listen, man, he said he's a black business owner. He's trying to put on for the community and everybody in it. He's like, I don't, if he doesn't want people twerking in his restaurant, what is bad about him saying, hey, I don't need you guys to work and people are trying to enjoy their meals. I got 75% women uh, coming in here, so I'm trying to make sure the men look good, so I need the women to look good, too. Like, 
I don't see anything wrong with what my guy is trying to do at his restaurant. It it's his restaurant for one, so anything he say goes, in my opinion. But then at the same time, I absolutely see what he's saying because I need if I'm trying to have a restaurant, I'm trying to create something decent with my name on it that my name is connected to. It's got to have a certain like aura about it, a certain appearance. I can't have what people think of my restaurant being that the kids come here to twerk. Like, nah, my rest that's not what my restaurant finna be. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna stop coming if I got a family. My family probably ain't coming there. If I'm a young adult like right now, I'm probably not going to a restaurant to get food while I know I'm gonna have to be annoyed with bitches porking. Like I'm coming to eat. I'm not coming to watch all twerk unless y'all really throwing something for real. But that's different. At the same time, like, yeah, now that's crazy. Like this this man's establishment. A, a a food establishment at that. Like, come on. Well, it's I'm also just like trying to think about like at what situation does anybody think it's appropriate to twerk at like a restaurant? Like maybe if you're at like a fucking Chili's or an Applebee's and you're at the bar and the song comes on, like you know, tw- like Chili's and Applebee's seems like a much more appropriate twerking restaurant than like whatever this guy's got going on. Absolutely, I th- I feel like it could be like the TikToks of the world, just social media of the world, people doing too much, bro. Like this is the restaurant. This ain't your place to make like a movement, a moment. To get a little funny video, this is my fucking restaurant. Like, don't be twerking in my restaurant. And like, especially if he, he said he had a conversation that was still going on, it's like, bro, what do you like? If if someone needs to come talk to you about twerking in a restaurant, and then when they do, you still continue to like, what does that say about you as a person? Yeah, and if you're going out of your way to try to drag this man for asking you not to twerk at his restaurant, you got to reevaluate your life. And then, like, everybody was upset because he was like, if you don't, if you're not, like, about it, like, you can leave. And then you hear, like, 20 people, like, all right, we're going to check. And it's like, all right, then get out. Like, apparently he's doing pretty well. He's got wine out the place. Like, he doesn't need, he doesn't need that kind of drama going on in the restaurant. Yeah, facts. It just, it was, it was song. I was reading through it and I was like, I was mind blown that people were, like, on the twerking people's side. I think people were mad that he was talking to the whole restaurant. And not them personally, but it's like he, he already talks to them personally. Like, what else can you do? Hey, I'm gonna make an announcement, I'm gonna put you on blast, and I'll let everybody know what the deal is. Yeah, that ain't no way. Uh, we can talk about this. So, as you were talking to your uh, your godfather, or was it your great godfather? The great, the great, and you guys were having a nice talk, uh, because you know, you know, whatever, whatever, and he was kind of talking to you about. Times like this, Corona, all that, it kind of really gave people time to reflect and kind of realize what was going on and what people's priorities were, let's say. Yeah, um, pretty much you hit it right on the nail. Like times like this, Corona, the election, just everything going on, it gives you time to sit back and not just like watch, see all that. It gives you time to like, Find out where people's priorities lie, what people, what matters to certain people. I feel like that's what I took from the conversation we had. And that's what I think people are starting and kind of trying to find out most right now. And reflecting on that, I was just thinking, and I was like, you know what? I have in the last eight months seen 
where people's priorities lie. I have seen what matters to people and what they're focused on. And it ain't always what I expect. I think the last eight months has been eye-opening on when it comes to people's priorities and what matters to people. Hmm. And not everything that matters. I, I done cut a few people off here and there. Still got a couple more. I got to go. <laughs> I think I've learned. And that's just, I think that's just honestly growing up. Like you grow out of relationships, probably definitely around this age too. Cause like you're getting more removed from your college friends, your high school friends, just shit like that. Everyone's going different places in life. I think I'm learning that the people I keep around to certain degree have the same morals, values, priorities, and the same type of things matter to them. And the people, this is going to sound like real obvious, the people that are getting cut off or I'm not talking to as much, or the people whose priorities are either in the wrong spots or the things that matter to them don't matter to me or the things that matter to me just do not matter to them. And that's what I found out the most during these times, whether it's the election, whether it's Corona, all of that, whether it's people reaching out to check up on you, which I've been big on. I've reminded y'all, so I hope nobody listened to this, that whether it's people reaching out to check up on you, whether it's people who you thought were going to be on your side with the election or the protests and they weren't, all that shit coming together, whether it's how they're handling Corona or what they're doing to stay safe or keep their loved ones safe. These are all lines that are going to show you what matters to people and where their priorities lie. And these are lines that have been showing this for the last seven, eight months. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, there's been so much that happened. COVID happened, all the stuff with George Floyd and just Black Lives Matter. Like, there are a lot of defining times within this year as we round it out because tomorrow's about to be December 1st. Um, fucking wild to think about. Absolutely. And you have such a large sample size of what people have been doing between, we can call it March through now, that it's it's clear where you are and what you stand for. Yeah. And if it's one thing, like let's say uh, we'll go Corona. Maybe they weren't taking Corona as serious as you were, and they weren't being as precautious, as safe. You could chalk that up to the game if that was the only thing 2020 had offered you. You'd be like, eh, we were just on different sides of the fence of that. But 2020, as you said, also gave us the protests and the Black Lives Matter. It also gave us an election. It also gave us the handling of what they do post-election. If they keep falling on the opposite side of what you believe in, what you stand for, that should tell you alone where their priorities lie and what matter to that person. And if they keep falling on the opposite side, y'all probably ain't, I hate to be that person, y'all probably ain't going to be friends or have no relationship that much longer. Because we've had too many pivotal things 2020 to absolutely show you a, per, a, a true person. Like other time periods, this could have been spanned out over three, four years. Your memory would have been lost. You wouldn't remember how they acted in all these. We didn't have all these things. Back to back to back, it feel like. So it's fresh, and we know how they act. We know where they lie. We know what matters to them. Relationships, friendships, all that. <sighs> Some of them gonna come to an end at the end of twenty twenty, and it's gonna be because it's gonna be a hundred percent because of how they handle Corona. That's the how they handle Corona. 
I think it's going to be a bigger thing if it comes to like family or like older family. If you get it from somebody and like that now affects your family, it's probably going to be a lot more serious to you. So how they handle Corona, the Black Lives Matter, the election, the post election, all that shit. Yeah. We're going to find some answers about some people come 2021. Yeah, that's a good point because, like, as you said, even if it was just corona, you could chop it up as one thing. But when there's so many different aspects to it, like, just piling up, it's it's hard to ignore. It, it absolutely is. And I think an ignorant man ignores everything. That's what my pops used to say. And here's why. You can only pretend not to see something or like withhold acknowledging something for so long, and with all the things we just mentioned, eventually it's going to boil over to where you have to address it. And you addressing it is what's going to cause you to leave some people in the past. Yeah, I mean, even, I was thinking about this, I don't know when this popped up on Instagram, but a bunch of people are starting to like retweet like how to, uh, how to basically decline a vaccine. And I was like, oh, man, so you're – and then I just started seeing more people, and I was like, damn, all of you are really about this like that? Like, oh, God. And then someone was putting out – I saw someone else put out today. They were like, man, I'm not fucking with any vaccine. I'm not getting any COVID tests. You're not going to control me. I'm not going to be on any type of list. And I was like, what What kind of crazy do you think you – like, what is going on in people's minds? Oh, wait, I, I will not take a COVID, not a COVID. I will not take a vaccine. Yeah, but it's one thing to like keep that to the to yourself, but like something about seeing you put out information like how to decline it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like there's there's not gonna be a mandate. Like they're not going to force it. Now, the issue you're gonna run into is a lot of businesses, let's say you wanna hop on a plane, they're gonna be like, Oh, you're gonna need to have a vaccine. That's where you're gonna run into some issues. But there's not going to be a government mandate because it's way too unpopular to do. There won't be a government mandate. It will be the business and the travel one, like you mentioned. I think the vaccine, the declining of vaccine, I'm not mad at because I know what that's going to do to certain communities. I don't think we should push this vaccine until it's really tried and tested. And it ain't tried and tested. And that's the issue I have. And the only thing that's going to help this get tried and tested is more time. Right now, we are in no rush to reopen right now. Like, right now, we need to be chilling, relaxing, giving it more time. Because that's the only thing that's going to let us know if this vaccine is for real or not. And then when we start losing lives to the vaccine, it's going to be talked to the game. It's going to be, well, we tried it. It passed enough tests. It ain't passed the test of time. We ain't given enough time to see if anything bad came from it. Yeah, that's the issue. Because, I mean, they've been doing testing, but it's been, like, smaller scale. I mean, companies are putting out, like, 95%, blah, blah, blah. Um, however, I mean, when you're doing vaccines on people, because it's so fast-tracked, I mean, usually they do, like, 10 to 15 years to see any health effects, and you're not going to know. Yeah, you won't know that. I just need to make sure for the next two we be good after a vaccine. Not even the next two, the next year. If y'all were to tell me that there was a vaccine in June, I'd be more open to considering taking it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We might really truly still be in the same situation come June. 
I'm that's not, a dangerous thing to think about. I'm not mad at it. I, I'd be a little bit happier if we, you know, maybe could reopen things in the springtime, but I have no issue shutting things down in the winter. No one wants to do anything in the winter. No one does anything in the winter. Like, just chalk it up. Everybody stay home. Relax. Just do whatever. Springtime, maybe slowly try to get back to whatever normal might be. I don't know, but I have no issue wearing a mask when I go to the grocery store, and that's pretty much about it. Yeah, absolutely. But no, this is a this really has been an interesting time. Um, just everything going on. We're wrapping up the year soon. I don't know, man. A lot of, lot of eye opening. Uh, a lot of eye opening going on, to say the least. To say the least. Absolutely. What I will say, how we ended that conversation was uh, him just letting me know, don't stress over anything because you can't control what other people do or how other people act. And that goes for everything that's happened in 2020, from the BLM stuff to the, to the election to corona. Just long as you're healthy, your family healthy, and you got peace of mind, don't stress over it because other people are going to act however they want to act. If you choose to keep them in your life or take them out of your life, that's on you. But I would just reiterate, man, don't don't be letting yourselves lose any sleep over how other people are acting because that's on them and you can't control what they do. As someone who's cut people out of their life a lot, I would say, at least you, you, when we've talked about it, you've, you, you're not shy of saying, oh, I cut this person off, this person off. Um, do you have any regrets about cutting any people off or do you feel at peace with your decision to make? Um, when I say I cut people off, it kind of makes me feel like dickish or it sounds bad, but it's usually like, just, I hope the best for you. Um, it's really just like, we talk about our difference. If we don't come to an understanding or an agreement, I hope the best for you. There's no hard feelings, but like, there's no more friendship to go here. And that's really what it come down to for me. Um, nah, not really. Cause I think the older I get, the more I'm realizing like, it was cool when we was in high school, young young 20s, to have this huge friend group. But that shit don't really matter. I'm I'm cool with the people I have in my life who know they're in my life right now. I don't need none of the extras. And if you're one of those people who I felt like we had to end our friendship or cut off with, it was probably because you fell on the wrong line on too many things that mattered to me. They just didn't matter to you. And at that rate, I ain't lose nothing in my life. Because the shit that mattered to me for the most part that I'm willing to like stop talking to someone or cut someone off for is usually pretty important shit to me. So if you was on the wrong end of that, we was going to fall out eventually and probably should have fell out long before we did. And that's on me for overlooking. I would say hmm, I haven't really cut people off, but I'm not good at even keeping up relationships to begin with. So it's kind of half and half. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It's definitely true, though. That that's a very uh, very insightful conversation. I wonder I wonder how many other people have kind of taken notice of that over the years. Like if you're listening, um, have you been cutting people off, or have you kind of just like noticed more and more things as time goes on? Because I feel like, I mean, I feel like the the three big things of like BLM, Corona, and the election and post election, like. People are very active on social media, and if they are, like, it's hard to miss that kind of stuff. It is hard to miss. And what you got to watch out for, you got to watch out for the people who overpost 
because they're pandering sometimes, or the people who never say nothing. I remember I was sitting there talking to my dad once. We I had a friend over. We're no longer friends. Hate to say it about girls. She was cool people though. And my dad was talking. It was this summer. My dad was just talking about some stuff going on. We were just having a candid conversation. Uh, I didn't really know where she stood politically or whatnot. I still don't. To a degree, we just kind of stopped talking. That is what it is. And when she left, I told my me and my dad like a couple of days later, we're talking about we were outside working on my car. And it was like, what happened to Salsa? I was like, I haven't even heard from her the last couple of days. And he said, that's probably because you said something or I said something that offended her. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, we had a 25-minute conversation about fucking where she go to school and how she wants to do this with her career, this and that. And when she jumped in when I was talking about you going to school and she talked him like what, what she's doing. She said, and then for 10 minutes, she sat there quiet while we talked about the protest and what's going on. He said, you got to watch a person who don't want to speak up on nothing. And that mm. made me think. And I was like, the fact that she hopped in our other conversation so easily that she wasn't even part of, but then on something she could have joined in on and said an opinion on, she said not a word. And the whole time I knew her said nothing about it. That told me everything I needed to know. So you got to watch the people who don't say nothing either. Because if they're not saying nothing, they probably don't want to offend you. Just like the people who don't talk politics and religion. Dad taught me this at a young age. God damn, I'm giving too much Wayne advice. At a young <laughs> age, he told me, anybody who tells you they don't want to talk politics or religion, it's not that they're not into politics or religion. It's that they don't talk politics and religion with you because they got opinions oh. that are going to offend you. Damn, because I was going to follow up and say, do you think, I'm assuming this girl is white. I don't yeah. know why I'm just going to say that. Um do you think that there's a an uncomfortability for a white person to talk to minorities about minority-based issues because they feel like they might say the wrong thing? I think there's a chance that they don't want to talk it because they might say the wrong thing. But I also think some of them get uncomfortable because for some of them, that's not how they grew up. And they're not comfortable enough in educating themselves on new opinions. So they keep the opinions of their parents or their relatives and on what they've grown up on. So I think that was her case. That makes sense. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's when Cindy said that, I thought, hmm, I wonder if it's like, if she's white, she just doesn't feel comfortable, which is, uh, I mean, I'm not going to blame someone for not feeling comfortable talking in a minority situation, yeah. but like at the same time, when you are quiet, it does bring some, uh, some thoughts up. Yeah, now I got not I'm festering ideas on what's going on in your head. But I love when people tell me they don't talk politics or religion. Now. It's one of the true things that, like, I think when somebody says that, unless they truly just do not, like, get into that, or, like, they're just super uneducated and dumb, which I find very rare, because everybody got an opinion on something political or something religion, I feel like. Um, when people tell me that, I almost just take it as a fuck you. Like, it's like this person <laughs> is truly telling me fuck you. Because I know they're holding back opinions that are going to offend me. Because if they knew we were aligned on the same things, even if they didn't know much about politics, they still talk about it. Because, hey, we both like Trump. Yeah, I like Trump. They, they'd say it. So the fact that they don't talk it with me, yeah, it's cool. Um, Do you want to get a quick uh, porch talk, sports talk before we wrap this thing up? Let's hit it. Um, what happened to the the Owen and the Falcons actually won yesterday. I was gonna yes, say what sir. happened to them, we but they beat won. They motherfucking ass. <laughs> 
Oh, God. Did we actually win? I thought we lost in the kick. No, I think you guys, like, blew them out. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah, no, no. I was thinking a different game. We blew the fuck out the Raiders. 43 to, like, what, six? No, I wasn't that crazy. No, it was (laughs) – I'm pretty sure it was close to something like that. Oh, it might have been. It was 43-6. Yes, sir. Uh, what else happened yesterday? Dude, I tried to watch that Saints uh Denver game to see that quarterback play QB. It was I turned it off within like ten like three minutes of watching. Damn. I knew that was gonna be just bad. Um fucking Tyreek Hill had the game of his life yesterday that fucked me hard and things. Did he go over three hundred or did he stick to two sixty one? I turned it off. I think he was down in 260. Oh, uh, damn. Yeah. 269. Still a crazy game. My boy Derrick Henry went off, got me all the fantasy points. Bro, he had a day against Indy. And Indy has a pretty decent defense, they do. too. But I think people forget Derrick Henry is a fucking man. Bro, and to think about all the times he was sitting behind, like, Deion Lewis on that Titans team, just waiting on the bench. I need to know what they were seeing in practice. Like, their last coach before Vrabel must have been stupid. What the fuck were you seeing in practice from Deion Lewis to keep Derrick Henry on the bench? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Because, like, Derrick Henry was good at Alabama, and he's just so big. I was like, there makes no sense that this behemoth of a running back is not getting more play time. He was a dog at Alabama. And I can't lie, I don't know why Trent Richardson didn't pan out of Alabama. Not in Alabama, in the NFL. But outside of that, most of the running backs come into the league and do decent. And it's because they got to beat out dogs every day at practice at the running back position. They got so many five-stars running backs on that team. And they have it every year. Every year they got a running back who you can probably take first or second round who can produce. So the fact that they weren't playing Derrick Henry is crazy to me. What we need to find out is what the fuck happened to Leonard Floyd. Because Leonard Floyd is supposed to be Derrick Henry. Oh, what, boy, like, Leonard mm-hmm. Fournette. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, I'm trying to think. I was like, who the fuck is Leonard Floyd? Yeah, Leonard Fournette is supposed to be Derrick Henry. Like, the fuck is he doing? I mean, he seemed, oh, like, okay. He was but, good with the Jags, but he wasn't, like, Derrick Henry good. No, but he's also just not as big as Derrick Henry. I think that's the thing that people, like, they're kind of so fucking big. Oh, he's a monster. He's so strong. I watched some of the uh fuck, what was the first game I watched that I got bored and had to turn off? Um was the Bills game? Nah, but I did hear Josh Allen had a day. I seen the Browns won. Um they ran they won on the back of their running backs like usual, I assume. Even though Landry yeah. had a day. Um, it makes me wonder, though, like what they're going to do this offseason or next offseason. Because do you hand Baker a crazy contract when you're really asking him to only game manage? Because if he does any more than that, you'll lose. Listen, man, uh, I'm not one to talk about quarterbacks because Carson Wentz has looked like shit. But I saw all over Twitter, like the easy touchdowns that Baker was missing. And, I mean, even when he played us, he was missing easy touchdowns. And I was like, oh, man, I don't think you can pay this guy. That's the problem. If you're on a winning team, like if you're just a mediocre quarterback, but you're on a winning team, is that enough for you to pay them? Because that's the issue the NFL now has. There's not enough good quarterbacks because there's a lot of teams with bad quarterbacks this year 
or not necessarily bad quarterbacks, bad just coaching and teams overall, that the bad quarterbacks are just regular quarterbacks are getting paid like stars just because they're the next man up. Baker Mayfield isn't the reason the Browns are winning. And to me, for me to pay you money, you got to be not even talking like the elite quarterbacks. You got to be Jared Goff. You got to be Derek Carr. So you got to be the reason that your team wins games. Baker Mayfield, they want the ball out his hands so they can win games. I don't think I could pay him. But then do you let him walk? Okay. Let's let's think about situations if you're the Browns. I would give him a lower contract. However, that's a good point that if you're just handing the ball off and like you just make a couple passes to keep drives alive when you need to, we can get people to do that. Now, what about I was gonna say, what if you just swap Dak and uh Dak and Baker? You know, the Bears and uh, the Browns and the Cowboys do a little crazy. I'm not gonna lie to you. Dak would improve that team with the weapons they've got. He would. And Baker would have the Cowboys probably looking worse. Because <laughs> Zeke ain't the monster he used to be. They'd have to ask Baker to pass. And it'd be sad. What about if you're the Browns reaching out to the Eagles about Wentz and or Hurts? Because if you have Hurts with Chubb and Hunt and you run any type of RPO or just free adoption – and if Jalen Hurts can actually throw, which I still not high on him as a thrower at all, um, that's a good offense for the Browns. That is a good offense. And then it gets tricky, though, because somebody still has to pay Baker. And the problem is a man with that many national commercials, a man with a Heisman, a man who now thinks he's good because he'll probably get to the Pro Bowl because he's on a winning team in the AFC, and he'll probably go to the playoffs. He going to want some money. I don't see him settling for no, like, bullshit. He going to want, like, next man up contract. He going to want a Deshaun Watson but, deal. And he's not Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, on a, that's a thing. Deshaun Watson on a losing team, and I don't think Deshaun is as good as people think he is. But people are high on Deshaun Watson. Deshaun can throw better than Baker. He can run better than Baker. Baker is not Deshaun Watson. They paid Deshaun that money, and Deshaun is a fucking loser right now. Baker going to have a team in the playoffs and probably go to the Pro Bowl. He's going to need Deshaun Watson money to show up. But he, if you, all you have to do is look at his production and say, hey, you're not Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but then you ask, you want Deshaun over here where you get no playoff appearances and y'all niggas are fucking picking in the top five again and can't take a quarterback? And he's bringing them a winning season, which they haven't had in years. <laughs> he's got a lot building up to, like, pay me, and he don't need to be paid. Because two years in, we're going to be like, fuck, how y'all get out of this Baker contract? That's why I think you got to trade. I mean, Hurts or Wentz, because they're, I mean, they could easily both be on the trade block. The issue is Wentz already got paid, so they're going to take that contract on. But if Baker were to get, like, walk, he could go to Indy. Philip Rivers' days are not. I think Philip is going to. Frank Wright could do something. I think Philip will re up because he's on a one year deal. I think he'll come back for a second year after this year because Indy's kind of balling. If they're smart, I think they'll use whatever pick they have in the first round to draft a quarterback to learn from Phillip and Jacoby Brissett. And I don't think the Colts will want to pay Baker. They already got Brissett. They pay him crazy. The issue is truly – I forgot about Brissett. He made like $21 million on the clipboard. The issue is truly going to be paying Baker. The only thing I can think of in my mind that would kind of work because fucking Gruden is crazy – 
is a Raider swap where Derek Carr goes to the Browns, but the Browns would clearly be running away with that trade because I think Derek Carr is a baller who's been on some bad teams. Damn, I didn't think about that. And I think you would quickly find out that fucking Baker is not who people want him to be when he gets with Gruden. But for some reason, Gruden gets people that he likes and he fucking sticks to them. Gruden is not a QB. Even though he was doing like that QB uh, show before the draft, I'm like, I don't know about Gruden as a QB coach. When Gruden was winning, he had Hall of Fame QBs fucking when he was like fucking uh, offensive coordinator assistant in Green Bay with Brett Favre. And then he went to the Bucks. In the years he had winning years, he had veteran quarterbacks. Gruden can't do like niggas who are young. He would fucking, he doesn't work with Carr. He would suck with Baker. Oh my God, Baker, he'd have to kill him. Quarterbacks who I think can get paid, Josh Allen, pay that man. You pay Josh Allen. You pay Kyler Murray when the time comes. Even though I did not think I would like Kyler Murray. Fuck, I'll tell you right now. I've only seen a little of them. You pay Joe Burrow when the day comes. You pay Justin Herbert when the day comes. Baker Mayfield ain't one of them. And I used to say you pay Sam Darnold. I've since receded that comment. You no longer pay Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold is going to be hanging out with Andrew Luck when he retires because he's sick of playing for the Jets. Bro, I saw a rumor that I don't know how true this is. With this, someone was like Carson Wentz might just pull Andrew Luck and retire early, and I was like, you know what? Good for him if he does. I think if he went somewhere else, he would be fine. I think the Eagles are just such a shit show. Oh, also breaking news: Will Fuller is suspended for six games for a PED violation. Jesus Christ! He said he went to a medical professional and he thought he got some stuff that was within the NFL guidelines, and he misplaced his trust, and that's not it. So now he's suspended. <sighs> Will Fuller's been balling this year, too. Now it's a shame. Because he was on PED, that's why. Uh, that might be really why. All right. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, do some music and TV. We get out of here. TV. I've restarted Peaky Blinders, and I'm loving it even more in round two. Um, music. Lil Yachty released an album last Friday, and it's actually decent so far. I've only heard, like, four songs, but they're pretty decent. TV wise, me and Anna watched a movie. I think it's called Happiest Season on Hulu. Saw a little rom com. Um, no complaints about it. Overall, pretty good. If you need to just need some rom com in your life, uh, Wayne dropped No Ceilings Three. Um, that's a thing. Listen to that if you want. When did this drop? Uh, I think it dropped on Friday. I might have to see what it's about. Is it just recycled songs I've already heard? No, nah, it's right, new. I might check it. Got a good Drake and a Wayne combo on there if you're here for that um all right let's see let's see let's see let's wrap this thing up so hey thank you guys for listening as always you can follow us on instagram twitter facebook tiktok porch talk no a funnel fest is continuing although we haven't figured out anything besides that um this is already too late but if you didn't get your 20 percent off on the merch you missed out we'll probably do something for the holidays though i don't know maybe 10 percent. 20 percent was black friday so monday you missed out fuck you you missed out um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, share it with a friend. We appreciate you. We'll be back next week. Peace. Yeah, we all gonna die. I was worried to be honest, but it's all going right. When I first laid eyes, I was awful enticed. And I might be off something, but I'm all in now. I'm bored in a house, and I'm in a house, boy. Boy, bored in a house, and I'm in a house, boy. Boy, bored in a motherfucking house, boy. And I'm bored in a motherfucking house, boy. 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 Motherfucking house, boy. Bored in a motherfucking house, boy. Motherfucking house, boy.
these niggas riding in the streets. Try the police, then we sob and repeat. I done seen this like a hundred million times. Seen a white light, get a black nigga shot.